So we're in uh, said 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to read down to 20. <clears throat> it says, uh, starting verse 12, All things are lawful unto me. This is, Paul, this is Paul's writings to the Corinthian church. It says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both, in it, uh, both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by His own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What, know ye not that, which, that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man do, uh, doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now I wanted to title this lesson, uh, You Are Not Your Own. Uh, And what Paul is telling us uh, is very clear as you study these scriptures, as you look through them, kind of dissect them, you start to understand that he's given us a clear indication of what our bodies are for, this, the, our natural bodies, uh, what it is we uh, can and cannot do with them uh, without being extremely specific. And we find in verse 12, he says, all things are lawful. And uh, what he's saying uh, by that. Uh, he says all things are lawful, and he's pointing to what he had written in Romans chapter seven. Uh, anyway, he's pointing to that, and that what he's saying is that we are dead to the law uh, through the body of Christ, because the Old Testament had the law, gave us rules that we were supposed to follow, and by breaking those laws, made us sin, caused us to be sin, uh, sinning against God, and therefore we received judgment. Right. The law of sin and death. Uh, But if we are dead to the law, then the consequences of breaking the law have been paid by Christ, right? Because we're dead to the law through the body of Christ. Christ died for the consequences of us breaking that law. So when Christ died, if we are in Christ, we died to the law. And uh, so those consequences are not put upon us. Those that are uh, those that are in Christ. So you must be born again into the new covenant for the old law of sin and death to have no effect over you. You mm-hmm. must be born again because without Christ, Christ is the one that over uh, that uh, fulfilled the law that died in your place, so that you are no longer bound to that law. Uh, so by saying that, what Paul's saying is all things are lawful. There's, there, there's, in a sense, what he's saying is that uh, there is no law to break, right? There is, there's no consequence for doing these things because we are not under the law. 
We are born into the new covenant. But before we get the idea that we can do whatever we want because of Christ, uh, we must uh, continue in the scripture because he continues by saying that not all things are expedient. And the definition of expedient is fit or suitable for the purpose, uh, proper under the circumstances, or useful or profitable. Right. So what Paul's saying is that all things are lawful, but not everything is useful. Not everything is profitable. Not everything puts you in the right direction. Right. So uh, what he's saying is, as as we are, uh, if we are born again in Christ, the consequences of the law, sin and death, that is not that's not put upon us. That was put upon Christ. We were born into the new covenant of grace and mercy. Right. Whenever we sin as a Christian, whenever you commit sin, you have an advocate, which is Christ, with the Father saying, I paid that price. They don't know what they're doing. They're free from the judgment of that sin. Right. We repent and we continue. Uh, But if we uh, if we are not under that, if we are not under that new covenant, we've not been born again, uh, resurrected with Christ, then we are still condemned underneath that old law. The old law that if you lie, then the judgment is death. The judgment is hell. Judgment is separation from God. But uh, under that new covenant, it's grace, it's mercy. Uh, So what Paul is saying is that some things, though they may not be sinful, are not useful or suitable for the purpose. Because there's obviously a difference. Everybody's seen it. The The difference between something that is downright sinful... That everybody knows because of the commandments. Because the Bible says uh, what Paul has written in other places is that uh, because we're not under the law, does that mean that we are allowed to sin? And he says, God forbid. But it, uh, or that the law was done away with. And he says, no, because we wouldn't know sin if it wasn't for the law. Because what Christ is doing in us through the new covenant, through mercy, is he's perfecting us and giving us the power because I feel like maybe I should run through this real quick because without Christ, you are not capable of not sinning, right? Yeah. You have no ability to avoid the temptations of sin. You may be able to stop doing some things that other people can't stop, but there will be something in your life that you cannot overcome and you may try it. There's people uh, that are gossips, people that are liars, compulsive liars, people that uh, murder because they have this strange urge in them because they cannot uh, overcome that, and that's what Christ is for. There's, there's things that are blatant sin, uh, and that is what Christ overcomes, and that's the mercy that he's working in us because you are not perfect now, but he's working you into perfection, Right? He's bringing you to a place to where you will be like Christ. That is the new covenant. That is grace. You're not perfect now, but everything that there is, that, that it, all the ability to become perfect is within you because Christ is there. Right? Is that, mm-hmm. that making sense now? So, uh, the things that Paul's talking about, uh, what he's saying is so, all things are lawful, but not everything is useful or suitable. Uh, so some things that we wouldn't consider sin uh, would be things like, I don't know, like tobacco, drinking, or drugs and stuff like that. that peop- you, know, you cannot find in Scripture that says, 
if you drink, that is a sin. There's nothing that says that tobacco is a sin. There's nothing that says that, but it does. But what the point is, is that what Paul is saying here is that not all things are expedient. Not all things are useful. Not all things are profitable. And those things may not fall under the label of sin, but they have no proper use for the purpose of God. Right? There is, there's, no, uh, there's no advantage that you'll obtain from being caught up in those things. And the, the risk of becoming consumed by the addictive properties of certain things such as that uh, is not worth even considering that activity. Because if we look at what we are, uh, if, we, if we look at those, those things, and, and it can carry over to even uh, nowadays there's social media addictions and, and there's grown men addicted to video games and, and all kinds of crazy stuff that we wouldn't point to as sin uh, or teenagers addicted to video games too, but uh, we wouldn't point to that as sin. I would never say that Mario Kart is of the devil, but somebody that can do nothing but play Mario Kart all day long is bound by something. So what, where does it become sin? What he says is, all things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Mm-hmm. Paul is speaking to specific things that are not necessarily sinful, but they bring you under some sort of bondage. They come over and they overpower you into some degree. And uh, then he speaks, speaks about the meat being for the belly and the belly for the meat, meaning what goes in the belly does not defile it, but what goes in must obviously be of benefit or you will feel the consequences of that choice, right? What you eat does not make you uh, a bad person, right? Like the Jews, they would look at pork and they'd say, well, you can't eat pork because it makes you unclean. But what Paul is saying, pork does not make you unclean. That's not what defiles a person. But the point he's making here is that you can put anything in that stomach and it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you, doesn't defile you in any way. But what you put in must be suitable for that stomach, right? You can't eat Tide Pods. We've been through this, right? Everybody knows that? Don't eat Tide Pods. You can put that in your stomach if you want to, but it's not going to end well, right? It's not going to turn out very good for you. So uh, that's, exact, that's kind of the point that he's making. You can consume things in your life, though they may not be sin, the consequences of putting that in your life may bring you to a position that you never wanted to be. Mm. Right? Kind of like eating Taco Bell. Sounds good at the beginning, but later it's not so fun. <laughs> right? Anyway, so if we, <laughs> if we choose things that are addictive or habit-forming, we then give control over to that thing. Uh, it can be as serious as drugs or as innocent as eating. Uh, but if it is something that is destroying this body or harm, or harm it in any way, we are not harming, harming our body, but the body of Christ. Right? Yeah. Because when we died with Christ, we was resurrected with Him. This body is no longer ours. This, is, this right here, standing now, is the body of Christ, whether I like it or not. I am born again in Christ. This belongs to Him. Because that's what we read, is that know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are of Christ. That this body belongs to God. Because I gave it to Him. Because mm. He purchased it. 
Uh, so now when we consider, uh, we consider those things, we can consider <clears throat> even dating couples, people who are dating. Uh, we must realize that a man has no right to touch a woman in any way, no matter how innocent it may seem. Because uh, that body belongs to her, right? The man has no right to touch a woman. And likewise, the woman has no right to touch a man in any way because that body belongs to him. So, uh, keeping that in mind, but we think, well, what if, what if he or she says it's okay, right? That's not the point. Because if that man and woman are born again, meaning they have given their life over to Christ, uh, that woman or that man no longer has the right to give the man or woman position to touch that body. Mm. Right? If you have given yourself to Christ, this body, my body belongs to Christ. I don't have the right to tell anybody what they can do to this body. I can only, because this body is for the Lord. uh, And when when a man touches that woman, he is touching the body of Christ. Or vice versa, right? So, in that instance, in, in, that, uh, in that image, we are the body of Christ. Our bodies are Christ's body. We don't have the right to be able to say, this person can do this to me, no matter how innocent we think it is. What we have to do is we have to examine what does God allow, right? It's not my choice. What what this what happens to this body? Like Paul was saying, it's not expedient for some things. He's not going to be bound to the. He's not going to come under the power of some things. It is not Paul's choice what he puts in that belly. What he was talking about, what goes the belly is for the meat, the meat is for the belly. Though it may be able to come into that belly, I may be able to eat what I want, but the consequences of that is beyond me. So I'm not affecting my body. I'm affecting the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? So what I put in this body, like I said, as simple as, as, simple as what you eat or, or as harmful as drugs. What I put into this body does not affect me. It affects the body of Christ because He purchased it. Right? Yeah. This body is Christ. So therefore, it's the same image. When you're in a relationship, I do not allow a woman to touch this body uh, if I was single, I would not allow. I'm, I don't have the right to allow a woman to touch this body in a way that God would not allow that woman to touch this body, right? Mm. Because this ain't my body. This is Christ's body. That's the that's the the clear picture of what Christ is saying. And it continues uh, so that if a man and a woman commit fornication, they become one flesh. In verse sixteen points to the scripture that says a man shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh this is not the marriage ceremony that creates a man and a woman to become one flesh Uh, me and chelsea did not become one flesh whenever we got married at our at our marriage ceremony it's what follows that ceremony that causes the man and woman to become one flesh it says right here it said in uh in uh now, I can't think of the scripture. Um, verse 16, it says, Know ye not that which he is joined to a harlot is one body. The, a man and a woman that commit fornication become one flesh. 
That is the act that brings a person into one flesh. So uh, it's what follows that act. It brings the person together. And that's why we see so much sorrow in young people that are giving themselves to other people continually. Because when the relationship breaks, half of that flesh goes with the other person. You are literally in the image of God. The way God is created is when they become one flesh, you've got two separate people and they become one flesh. Whenever that separation happens, that body is being ripped apart, whether you like it or not. That's what, that's what the scripture is saying. Yes. The, what the scripture was saying there, a man that is joined to a harlot. We're talking about a man that's with a prostitute. This is not a godly person. A man that's joined to a prostitute becomes one flesh with that person just by the sheer nature of what God designed us to be. So every time every time that happens, <clears throat> these poor people that continue to give themselves to multiple people have less and less to give to that person that they finally decide to marry, yeah. right? Because every time they come together with somebody, they're ripped apart. So what's left from that ripping goes and joins to somebody else and is ripped apart again. And as, as you continue, you will see uh, <clears throat> you, what you end up seeing is the world that we live in to where women are so calloused that they will sleep with any man, right? We see it in Hollywood. We see it even in small towns now. Uh, I've seen it when I was a teenager. It almost didn't matter. If you could get a girl drunk enough, she would sleep with any man at the party. I've seen all that. Don't try to tell me it doesn't happen. And you will see men so calloused that they don't care what woman they sleep with just as long as they get the deed done. So every time that happens, that flesh is being torn smaller and smaller. There's less to give. There's less to give. uh, And the sin of fornication is a sin against our own body. Every time it's committed... It's a sin against us. That's what Paul was saying is that there's uh, all sins are a sin against uh, the spirit, but the sin of fornication is a sin against our own body. The only person that it hurts whenever uh, people commit fornication is the people committing. It doesn't affect anybody else, right? But it does affect that body. And why does that? Why does it become sin then? Is because that body does not belong to you if you're of Christ. I'm not talking to people that are not born again. Uh, this sinful people will sin. It doesn't surprise me one bit that a woman would want to get an abortion if they don't know Christ, because all they know is sin. Mm-hmm. That doesn't shock me. What shocks me is Christians willing to dip themselves into sin again though they know the redemption of Christ. And the following verses say, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We've already kind of touched on that. As Christians, we don't have the right to decide to drink, smoke, or allow people to touch us. We are bought with a price, and the price was the blood of Christ. Right? Our bodies are not our own. We've been saying that this whole time. Salvation is not a simple decision that allows you to do what you want without feeling guilty. This new life was given. Uh, was uh, this new life that was given to you will change you? It will change everything about you. You will, or if you don't change, you will revert back to what you was. 
you will choose to return to what you was. And that meaning is that you will give, uh, you will either give into the Spirit of God that is trying to sanctify you. As a Christian, uh, some people think that becoming, uh, accepting salvation gives them the ability to sin without guilt. But most people find is that once you are saved, more things become, uh, start happening that make you feel guilty. Even small stuff. Stuff that didn't make you feel guilty before, all of a sudden start making you feel guilty. Uh, and that is because that is the Spirit of God trying to sanctify you, trying to conform you into the image of Christ, trying to bring you into a position to where He can say, this is my child in whom I'm well, ple- well pleased. That's what He spoke to uh, uh, Jesus when He was being baptized. The only person that's going to hear that is Jesus. And if we do not conform to the image of Christ, we won't hear that. So, uh, you will either surrender to that Spirit conforming you, sanctifying you, uh, or you will surrender your own salvation for a moment of pleasure. One of two things will happen there. As you walk with Christ, you will either submit to Him changing you, or you will run from Him. You will run from His forgiveness. You will run from His correction. You will run from what He wants and do what you want yourself, denying Christ and living your own way in sin. Uh, But there is forgiveness in Christ. You may have found yourself allowing allowing things to overpower you. Maybe it is something as simple as something that is not sin, but you have found yourself addicted to social media, tobacco, whatever it may be, something it may be something that we see as small, but it's overpowered you, it's condemned you, it's bound you to where you can't live your life without it. There's there's freedom from that in Christ. There really is. There's freedom from that. Uh, or it may have been that you've given yourself to fornication uh, in the past, or maybe you are currently in it. It doesn't matter that there is forgiveness in Christ. That's not, the end of, uh, that's not the end of Christ. He continues to forgive. Our failures does not justify uh, Him removing us from His position. If we continue to want to return to Him, He will continue to forgive. Our performance of righteousness does not change our position of righteousness. We are righteous in Christ because we continue to return to Christ. He knew you wouldn't be perfect. And that's why He's here. Yes. That's why He forgives. But if you decide to reject that forgiveness and continue down the road that you want to go, you run from Christ. You forfeit that salvation. You forfeit that forgiveness. And you choose to live under the law of sin and death. And that's what it comes down to. So, there's always forgiveness. Uh, we do have a few minutes left. If you want to pray, if you, like I said, it, it can be something that we see as small. All things, all sin is the same in the sight of God. The person that tells the little white lie is just as guilty in the eyes of God as those that murder little children. It's sin. Sin is sin with God. So, if you want to come up and pray, we'll pray with you. It doesn't matter what it is. Nobody cares if it's big or small. Uh, It's none of our business. You can come, seek God, ask for forgiveness, give your life to Him, give everything to Him. Because if you've given, if you've submitted to Christ, 
Your body does not belong to you. You don't choose what goes in. You don't choose what this body does. Christ chooses. And we know what He wants based on His Word. Based on what He leads us to do. We might find a time where we do something that we didn't know is sin and we feel we feel the guilt because that Spirit is quickening us. That Spirit is giving us a reason to not do it anymore. The Bible doesn't have to say it's wrong. That's what Paul was saying. The Bible doesn't have to say it's wrong for it to be wrong. If that Spirit within you tells you it's wrong, it's wrong. So if you would, come and pray. If you need to pray, we'll pray with you. Otherwise, let's give a little time of worship here.